Well, you guys, if you are here this morning, you accomplished something because when I woke up this morning, I saw a lot of snow. I saw, um, I, I just thought, you know what? I bet that people will stay home this morning. And that's okay. That's why we live stream and we don't want people to like risk their lives on their way to church or anything like that. We have other mechanisms. But you guys, you got here. Way to go, everybody. That's great. And you know what? Yeah. There is something special when we get together. You know that? Like, there's something that you can't get, no offense, but you can't get from a screen. And it's the people. And it's just showing up week in and week out. It might not feel that special. No offense to you guys now. It might not feel that special, but there's something about continuing to show up in one another's lives, in the company of one another. And over time as we do that, I think of it like an investment. We're like, it's not like every Sunday something earth-shatteringly amazing is happening. But over the course of time as I show up, as we show up, we get to know one another. We grow closer together. And we walk with one another. And I love that. And so I'm so glad you guys are here. Some of you might be curious, um, what's a church plant? Can you throw up that slide, Scott? There's another one with the poinsettia. Yes. What's a church plant? Um, is, is it poinsettia? Points? I never say the right point. Poinsettias? Is that a church plant? Well, I guess. I guess technically that could be a church plant. But what a, what a church, sometimes we use the word church plant as shorthand to talk about when we start new churches. And this morning we're taking a break from our regular series on the big story. We'll pick that up next week to do a focus on church plant Sunday where we talk about why do we start in church? Why do we start the front church? Why is Brent, who you guys will meet in a second, why is Brent starting a church in Colville, in, in, in Summit County, called Summit 419? What's the deal with that? Don't we have enough churches already? Well, the reality is we kind of don't. Um, and in 1900, there were 27 churches for every 10,000 Americans. By the year 2000, there were only 11 churches for every 10,000 Americans. Now, the number of churches has grown in the United States from 1900 till today by 50%, but the population has grown by 300%. So the number of churches is keeping pace with the population. And you guys still might be like, well, why start new churches? Why not just like pour our energy into the churches that already exist? Well, the simple reason to start new churches is when you start new, you have to focus out. And so statistically, like church nerd wolf here for a minute, if I can do that. Um, statistically, if a church is younger than three years old, it takes 100 people to reach 10 people for If a church is between three and 15 years old, it takes 100 people to reach five people for If a church is older than 15 years old, it takes 100 people to reach three people for Jesus. The younger church, the more outward focus it's got to be. And the older church, the more you kind of just get a little more comfortable with one another. And that's okay. That's the life cycle of churches. But here's the thing. If no new churches are starting, then older churches forget the things they can do. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you, sometimes if you've done stuff a certain way for a while, you need to see it done differently. And then you're like, hey, we could do that. That'd be a great idea. Right? Or um, um, new churches, dude, we can't exist without the older churches. 
how are we funded? Like, we're not self-funded right now at the Front Church. Some of our some of our finances, and we are open book of finances. Anything you want to know, anything about my pay, anything about operations and how things are run, anything like that. We don't think we've got to keep that quiet or secret or anything like that. We're an open book of finances. But still, more than half of the money that comes through the Front is from people outside the Front who believe in what we're doing and they're giving us a and so older churches need new churches, and new churches need old churches. It can't just be all one, and it can't just be all the other. But there's something about starting something new that people meet Jesus. Also, different models of churches reach different people. The model changes, the message stays the same. Look at this. I love this from Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 23. Paul says, though I'm free and belong to no one, I made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, says to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, says to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means I might save some. And I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. Apostle Paul is saying the methods will change. If you're trying to reach a certain type of people, it's going to look different than trying to reach another type of people. We can't just take what we do at the front and plant, plant it in the middle of sub-Saharan Africa, right? Different language, different people different cultural values. But what happened in Sub-Saharan Africa and Christians there can't take what they do and plant it here. Different language, different values, different people. Are we tracking? And so what we want to do is we want to wherever we are. The goal is to see as many people as possible meet Jesus. We didn't start the front church to gather a bunch of Christians. That's not why we did it. We didn't start the front church to tell people we're like a better church than the other churches down the street and they should come here instead of there. That's not why we started the front. We started the front because when we start new churches, people need Jesus. When you start new churches, you have an outward focus instead of an inward focus. And that's why we did it. We started the church because one church is not enough. We started the front church because um, we're not the only game in town and we don't pretend to be. We have plenty of sister churches and churches we're friends with who are doing really incredible things where they are. But we started the front because we want to be a place for the spiritually homeless and people who need a safe place to explore Jesus' story. So that's why we started the front. And I want to introduce you to my friend Brent. Brent, come on up. Everyone get up for Brent. And as you've already heard, Brent and his family, bring your chair a little bit. Brent and his family are starting a church in Colville, Utah. And so I want you guys to meet them and know that we support this, his church. When you give to the front, like I said, we'll be open about how we use our finances. But $100 a month goes to support Summit 419 Church. 
in Colville because we believe in what they're up to. And so that said, Brent, tell us about yourself and your family, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for your support as well. Um, I'm Brent and uh, yeah, my family. There was a picture up there a second ago. Yeah. So I have my, my wife. Uh, we actually we met in high school, year 2000. Yeah. So uh, we've been together for 24 years. This year is actually 20 years of marriage. So, hey, yeah. I get a chance to tell you the story of my wife and I. Just God has kind of grown us together and, and, and put us in ministry together. And so it's, it's a pretty cool story if you ever have a chance to hear it. But we have four kids, two teens. They're up actually in Centerville at a youth event this weekend. And then two toddlers. So uh, Riker is uh, almost 14. And then Peyton on the other side, she's almost 16, learning how to drive. And then Soren and Keely, they're back there uh, hanging loose, doing their thing. So... I love yeah. it. Why did you move to Utah? And why, and why Colville? These are two different Yeah, so, so we actually uh, moved, to, we moved to Utah 12 years ago. Um, we, we grew up in Fresno, California, Central Valley. Um, love, love living there. We actually, Martha and I grew up in the same zip code. Okay. But um, we moved to Utah when a buddy of mine, Lauren Pankratz, who you may have met before, uh, he's a part of Converge as well at the Bridge Community, uh, he decided to move out here to plant a church in Centerville. And uh, we worked together and um, always joked around about planting a church like somewhere else in the, se- in the Central Valley or something. Uh, but when we came out, uh, Rose and I were just kind of a little brokenhearted at the number of Christian churches that, that weren't here. Uh, churches like this one that, that didn't exist. And um, particularly, uh, my heart broke for kids. And so um, knowing that there are families... Uh, with kids who are growing up in an environment where there's no one who shares faith with them. And um, we, we were children's ministers when we, when we first started ministry. And uh, with Lauren coming out to plant the church, we're like, man, we want to help with a kids program. We want to help see, see kids reached and find community with other kids. And so um, it's really cool. Like this weekend, I told you my kids are at a youth event. Yeah. There's over 100 kids uh, of youth gathering together in the name of Jesus at the church that we came out to help start plant. And so just praise God. Uh, it just, I was standing back this weekend thinking about that, how when we moved out here, our kids really had no one else they knew that were Christians. And so wow. it's pretty neat to see that happen. And that's why we came out, really. Wow. And then Colville. Yeah, why the Colville? Part. So <laughs> we'd been a part of the bridge for 11 years. And. I continually told Lauren, there's no way you're going to ever see me plant a church. He told me, hey, you can plant a church if you wanted to. I'm like, nah, I'm cool just working with you. This is good. And um, But as, as the bridge uh, grew and became uh, a larger church, uh, there's, there's about 300 a Sunday now that show up at the bridge, um, there became a need for more churches in Utah. Uh, the bridge was the first converged church um, in the state of Utah. Converge is our, our, our network that we are a part, part of, of yep. together. Yeah, yeah. And I believe we're at like 15, 12. I can't remember how many we're at now. We have several more than that now yep. in the matter of 12 years. And it's, it's, it's yep. incredibly amazing to see that. But there are still many places within Utah that still don't have a church like this. Um, even today. Now we have a ton up and down the valley and, and, and growing even more, which I think is amazing. But um, we started thinking about where are other places we could plant we yeah. could plant churches. And the Wasatch Back is a place that doesn't have a ton, particularly the North Summit area, um, where there's about seven kind of little towns that are all in a row and not a single uh, Christian church of this kind anywhere. And wow. so uh, that was a place that the bridge kind of targeted as a focus area. And there was another guy actually who was going to plant out there, and he ended up not working out for him. And then I told Rose, hey, we got to do something about that. 
we got to pray about that. And then here we are. Uh, we moved out last year. And here we are. So oh, I love it. And, and Brent is kind of, if, if you've been around the front for a minute, it would be longer than a minute. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a legend because he was a part of our very first kids camp and helped us the very first one. Before kids camp was 130 kids every summer when it was about 70 kids, before we even had our grand opening, Brent helped come and help us roll with kids camp and it was amazing. So we appreciate him for that too. Tell us about Summit 419. Yeah, so even the, the name. Yeah, the, fir- the first question is, what's the 419 for? But I like to start with Summit. I mean, obviously, we're in Summit County, North Summit County. Um, but I also just love that, that, that idea of a summit, right? A summit is a place where we can stand and bask in the glory of God, right? But I don't even look at it that way. Like, I look at it as that's where Jesus was crucified. And so our mission as a church is to bear our cross and, and follow him, right? And so, so the Christian life is a lot like you know, hiking to the summit and being at the summit is, is the road marked with suffering, but it's worth it for the cause of the glory of Christ. And so summit is cool just in itself. Uh, the 419 is kind of like a discipleship pathway. Matthew 419, Jesus said, when he called his disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Um, people like to fish in the Colville area. The river's there, the Echo Reservoir's there. Fishing's cool. Like, I like that analogy, but uh, I just think it's a powerful discipleship pathway uh, that... Uh, that uh, helps us uh, realize that we're to follow him, uh, to, to know him and trust him, and he will make us, he will transform us into the ultimate mission of, of uh, seeing more people uh, saved and, and brought into his kingdom. So yeah. um, that's, that's where the name comes from, okay. and, uh, and we've just kind of been rolling with that. So. T- t- I, I want them to hear a little bit of the story of okay. you and Rose moving to Colville, and then you... What'd you discover? Yeah, so so a year a year ago, Summit four nineteen church, there was it wasn't even a thought right now at this time of year. It was we were we were at the bridge forever. Um, things happened, we decided to pray about going. We we didn't know how we were gonna afford to live out there, but somehow we came into contact with a realtor who happened to own a home that was a Christian. And uh, we ended up moving out there. And uh, again, there's a lot more details to the story. I don't want to take your whole Sunday. Uh, but, but come to find out, as we just started not knowing what to do, we moved out there in May, um, just pray, prayer walking. You can see this is up at the top. Oops, the Colville Ledge has a, a place where you can, you can kind of just hang out and see the Echo Reservoir one way. And you can see the valley on the other. Spent a lot of time praying up there. Uh, there's a lot of prayer up there, actually, before we even got here of the people who were were, were um, thinking about coming out before that. Uh, we had a couple of that couple there moved up uh, shortly after us and we kind of started doing a discipleship small group with them, uh, which was neat to have some community. But um, come to find out, there was a women's Bible study going on. Um, there was a Christian community that, that, that existed in the area and just hadn't really come together to have a formal church. There had been some, some efforts in that happening. Um, that didn't work out, particularly one because of COVID and, and all this different stuff. And there actually had been prayer going on by some of the Christians in the community for someone to come and organize them. Wow. Um, and, and kind of crazy that, that we ended up there about the same time. And, and uh, in October, we, we started a small group, which had about 16 people, 16 adults. I think that probably were double that in kids, it seemed like. A small group. Yeah, a small yeah. group. Yeah. Um, which then uh, events happened and, 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 um, 
and we ended up doing a pre-launch Christmas Eve service that had about 100 people uh, that, that showed yeah. up to it, which just told us how much God is moving in the area, and there's a desire to have a church like this uh, in the area. Since then, um, we started a Sunday night service, which we have anywhere between probably 15 to 40-ish people, depending on the night, showing up. And um, uh, we came across a chance to rent a building right on Main Street, Colville, in the heart of where everything happens, right down from the school. And so we're launching in September. Here's a picture of our Christmas service. Cool. Uh, what happened there. But anyway, so a lot has happened in a very short period of time. When we moved out, we're like, oh, 2025, we'll launch. You know, we'll just get to know people, build relationships. And yeah, there's, there's tons more stories on top of that. But that's just kind of the brief. And you guys should find Brent after to hear even more <laughs> stories. But what are you most excited about right now? Most excited about... Oh, man, uh, the Holy Spirit just moving um, and doing things. And God just, just, there's nothing that any of us on our launch team are doing besides trying to be obedient to God. And it's just happening. And, and um, while it's crazy busy, it's good. Like, it's just so many things are happening. I think we're excited about the building. Yeah. Um, because that's not something every church can be blessed with. And uh, yeah. we have a place in a prime location that I think a lot of people will be drawn to. And I, my most, the most exciting thing for me is that we could definitely meet there on Sunday mornings and do Bible studies there. But I think it'd be super cool to just have a place to have people be able to go do something. Because yeah. Colville is very rural and you have to drive a long way to get to places to, to do things. So we could have some fun events and things in the building and utilize that to bless the community. I love it. I so, love it. What's yeah. the biggest challenge you're facing right now? Well, I'd say the biggest challenge uh, for my family is the same thing. <laughs> Everything's happening at once. Um, a lot of times in church plants, you have that kind of whole process. You, you fundraise, you move, you, you start a little group, you serve in the community, you get to know people, and then you start planning your church plant. And I'm a very, if you know me, I'm a very administratively minded person. I like things planned out and it just so happened that all of it happened pretty much at once. And it's all going on at once. Oh, and then add in now a building project. Yeah. So um, it's challenging in the fact that church planting as it is, is already a place where you put, their, put yourself out there to be on attack, on attack by the yeah. evil one. And so to add in all the extra, is, it puts a strain on our family. And, and so um, that's challenging. But yeah. We, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If someone in the house or watching online or maybe watching this one day is thinking about participating in church planting or church planting themselves, what word of advice would you give them? So much. Um, I'd say the first thing is you're never, you're never prepared. I think that uh, people think that they have to, you know, hit all their goals in order to go do something like this. They need to get their degree and, and have 20 years of experience and all these things. And I think that, that when the Lord calls you to do something, um, when, you, when you know his call, when you're in his word and you have a heart for it and you have a heart for the community that you're serving and there's an opportunity to do so, then, then, then we should just do it. And, and, yeah. and, and God will, will lead the way. Um, with that being said, also letting God and the Holy Spirit lead your timeline because your timeline is not his timeline. And then the third thing I'd say on top of that is church planning is a team sport. It's not something you can do alone. So have a community, not only of people um, with you to help you launch and do all that, but have 
outside people. Like, I mean, I've been blessed to have the Converge group of pastors and, and the Bridge community, a bunch of people to, to encourage and support. Um, it's a team sport. It's not something you can do on your own, so I don't think yeah. you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, tell us how we can be praying for you and specifically about one God-sized prayer request we can be praying for. Okay, yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely many ways you can be praying for us um, with the building and, and, and uh, fundraising and making sure we're fully funded so we can afford the building. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing well with that. Transparency on our end, too. We're, we're trying to raise $15,000 a month, and, and we're at, like, almost nine. So. Okay. Um, we're getting close to the goal. So prayer to help us get there before the launch. So we no don't worry, yeah. worry about yeah. that. Um, but my God-sized prayer is, man, we want to see we want to see people in Colville come to Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. we want to see that this building that the Lord has blessed us with and the people, oh my gosh, the people, the core group of people that, it, that God has, has blessed this community with, just this... Put those two things together and just an inviting culture that we're going to see those hundred people break down the doors and give their lives to Jesus and choose to be baptized and, and be discipled and follow Jesus. Like that's, that's why we're there. Yeah. And yeah. so we pray for that, that revival in North Summit area. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's what we hope to see and that we can be used in that. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's take a minute and we want to pray for Brent and Summit 419 right now. And so, Lord, you, we just thank you for calling Brent and Rose and their family to Colville. And we ask, God, that you would bring many people to you, that people would realize who you are, that they'd realize that you came for them, you love them, that they would realize their need for you, and that an outpouring of your spirit would take place. We thank you that you've already prepared the way. It's amazing that they get there and then there's people there praying for this and wanting this and waiting for this to happen and, 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 and here they are. And so, uh, God, would you continue to um, provide for them, prepare them, and move through them, Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. All right. Give it up for Brent. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. We're in prayer for you guys, too. So Thank you. Thanks, thanks Brent. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of speaking of God-sized prayer request, uh, we have we have a bit of an announcement at the front church. Des is excited, but um, I met with Summit Academy High School a couple weeks ago for, for just kind of a touch base, how are things going and everything, and things are going great. And we've been, they, they, they've appreciated us, we've been great renters, it's been a win-win where the, 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 we pay rent money to them so that the school can use it for a variety of ways, and it's been a really lovely partnership. But we found out that we're not going to be able to use Southern Academy High School after June. Now we knew going into the summer that, like last year, when we had to meet at City Hall for the month of July, we knew that we were going to need to meet at City Hall again for the month of July this year. So actually we have a place to meet in July already. But 
Um, we are not going to be able to use Summer Academy High School after June. Um, and I could give you some more details about that. But what that means for us is uh, we're, going to, we're going to be looking for a space. Uh, we're going to be looking for a space 5 to 8,000 square feet. We're going to be looking for a space that um, uh, uh, within a five-mile radius. We would love to stay in Bluffdale if we can. Within a five-mile radius of where we're at right now in the Salt Lake County area. And we share this with you first because we want you guys to be praying. It's pretty wild how we're even here. And I can share that story with you afterward too. And I plan on sticking around today because I know that some of you are going to have some questions and want some more information. And we want to tell you all that. But it's a miracle we're even here. God parted the Red Sea for us to be in this building. And it's been amazing. And I look forward to, over the next few months, remembering all the moves of God that happened in this space while we anticipate what he's got for us around the corner. But um, I have a phrase, as Desmond joins me this morning, this is, this is true family service fashion right here. When your kid is joining you on the stage, eh, buddy? But um, uh, I've always said God's will, God's bill. And it's, it's cliche, but I really believe it. I really believe that when God directs and God leads, God provides. And so I don't think that we need to walk in any sort of fear or trepidation. But what we need to do right now is begin to pray and ask the Lord to reveal what is next for us. Where is that next space? Could that next space for us be a 24-7 where we are renting a space that we could do Bible studies during the week, there are classes or something else. Maybe that's what this space looks like. Maybe it'll be another Sunday morning space. We don't know, but we're beginning to look. And we're going to need to look pretty quickly. But, um, uh, I also wanted to ask you guys to consider, not just praying, but if you call the front church your home, entering a season of prayer and fasting. Um, sometimes fasting can be a tool that just reminds us to pray. But we really do believe that when we pray, God answers prayers. And so I would ask you to consider, prayerfully consider, maybe giving up something, whether that's food or something else, that's going to remind you to pray for us. Because our mission doesn't change. Maybe the location is going to change a little bit, but the mission is to see as many people as possible experience Jesus' story. And invite as many people as possible to experience Jesus' story. Now, when I first heard this news, it was a bit of a gut punch, as I'm sure it might be for some of you guys right now. But I just, as I was reflecting and journaling and bringing this before the Lord, I just, I brought another thing before the Lord. And that is, Jesus said, in Matthew 16, 18, he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I said to Jesus in prayer, Jesus, this is what you promised. This is your church and you will build it. And I believe Jesus wants us as a church to rest in that. It is his church. He will build it. Church plants 
Just like Brent's, when they were looking for space, and the Lord has provided a space for them on Main Street, church plants have seasons. And the season we're in right now is not an unusual season for church plants, where they have to move from one space to another. It kind of comes with the territory, and they kind of tell us as church planters ahead of time to expect things like this. They're always a bit of a surprise, but they're not really. Because we knew that we're not going to be here forever. This is where things started. But God is a story that he's writing through the front, and I'm excited to see where he takes it and where he continues it. And so I believe our best days are ahead. And I'm excited to see what God has in store. So with that, I want to pray for us and invite the band to come up. They're going to close us out in one final song. Then I'll, then I'll dismiss us, and after that I'll be available. Let's talk, let's hang out. Eat some more donuts, drink some more coffee. We're so glad you're with us this morning. We know this was a bit of an unusual Sunday compared to normal Sundays, but it is always an honor to be together. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you saying God's will, God's will. We come to you knowing you promise you're going to build your church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. We, we know that we can take that promise to the bank. This is your church, and you promised to build it. So would we rest in that? And would you, as you opened up this space for us, would you open up the next space for us? So that, so that more people come to know you. More people meet you. More people's lives are changed by you. More families are changed by you. More tra future trajectories are changed by you. We want this. We desire this, Jesus. And we trust you with this, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.